Welcome to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a TV writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything from Baby Lily Bet, Welcome to the World, and how it's just two more days until the release of Megan The Stallion's new song, Thought Shit. I wonder what it sounds like. Did you see the picture of her in a nurse's costume with her butt hanging out? Cute. Anyway, um, this week is about catching up since I took last week off. Um, In this episode, I'm going to be catching up with my friend Ava in New York. She's a jazz pianist. And later, you will hear some of her uh, stylings. And then also later, like her piano stylings. Anyway, later, you'll also hear from my cousins, David and Carla. Uh, but first, some housekeeping. If you like this show, please give it five stars on Apple. Write a review. Subscribe. It really helps people to find the show. Um, let's kick off the show with a sketch called Haitian Uncle in a Closet. <laughs> Oh, hey, Vet. Oh, Annie, I love your new house. Thanks. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're a little bit late. I, I didn't have enough time to tidy up the place. It's fine, Annie. It looks nice. Yeah, I love it. Um, let me show you around. This is the bathroom. This is the bedroom. I got these cool faucet thingies on Etsy. Ooh, nice, so fancy. What's that? Oh, um, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe some kind of like faulty pipes. You know, wasn't that such a scary moment in Mayor of Eastwood with those girls stuck in that room? I, I mean, I can't get over, um, you know, their accents. Like, uh, like my, my my dirter was murdered over water. It's so weird, right? Like, let's go. There it goes again. Oh, yeah, I know. That noise is so annoying. Um, Let's just get out of here and get, you know, we can get some tacos. Let's get tacos. Um, Don't you want to find out what that sound is about? It's weird. It sounds like you have someone hiding in here, sis. What? No way. Nah. It sounds like it's coming from that closet. No, don't go in there. I need to know. Oh, mon Pierre. Mes amis, oh, is that my favorite niece? Whatever. Yeah, it's your favorite niece, I guess. What are you doing in Annie's closet? I thought you moved back to Haiti. As a matter of fact, no one has seen you in a long time. I can oh, explain. Oh, Annie, put me in here. 
I made one comment about her hair on WhatsApp, and she kidnapped me and put me in this closet. Yeah, until I find a good clapback, Monon Pierre. What is a clapback? And you still don't comb your hair. <laughs> you should see your sister. She looks nice, Yvette. Help your sister. I don't need help. My hair looks fine. Oh, no. I mean, maybe you could do a co-wash or something, oh. some color. Mes amis, gardons Enough. I, I don't need your criticisms. Criticism? This is why. Yes, this is this is why he's in the closet. The closet, ma'am. Annie, you've got to let him go. This isn't right. What's the family gonna say on Facebook? I've been hiding in. I've been hiding him in here until I can find the right clapback. This is an injustice. You can't hide Haitian uncles in a closet, no matter how out of line they are. But Yvette, I did this for us. I've been maintaining his WhatsApp. I've been writing thank you comments each time someone likes a post of his on Facebook. You know, it's exhausting, but no one's questioning where he is. So all this, just so you can one day come up with an awesome comeback to one of his criticisms. Yes. Monopiel, why don't you just apologize so you can finally go home? Whoa, whoa, an apology. Wow. The chance for him to take responsibility for his hurtful words. Oh my God, Yvette, I never thought of that. Uh, 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 uh. I'm staying in the closet then. Uh oh, Monopia. Okay, well, that's that. Wanna get tacos? Sure, let's do it. Oh, bring me one home. friend Ava. Um, Ava, uh, we're going to talk about the current music scene in New York and how uh, how we all might be failing the art scene in America in a way, but we'll we'll, we'll touch on that. Uh, but it sounds because it sounds kind of harsh, but you know when we think about what when we think about like essential workers in this country, it should include artists. Uh, let's 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 talk about it and see if, if that's actually, if that is actually true. So Ava, can you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from and why you moved to New York? Because I know you from Brooklyn. Yes. Hi, 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 hi Colette. Thanks for having me. So 
Um, my name is Eva Novoa and I'm originally from Spain, Barcelona, though I haven't lived in Spain for over 16 years, I guess now. Yeah, 16 years. And I moved to Brooklyn, New York in 2012. Mm -hmm. It's been almost like 10 years. It's nine years. Right. Um, in Holland before. But before that, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Before that, I, I lived for seven years in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. which turns me kind of a weirdo because you may think, what did a Spanish person seek in Holland where the weather is awful? And, mm -hmm. and there, I mean, there are many nice things about the Dutch, but you know, the weather's pretty awful. And when you come from Spain, where it's super sunny. Well, I went there for studying and to do my master's and I had like probably the best years of my life actually in the Netherlands. That may turn me into a weirdo. I even learned Dutch, but, but it was great. And I mean, I, I really respect the Dutch culture and I got many great things from them. And I ended up in Brooklyn, which is New Amsterdam. So actually that means sense right <laughs> old Amsterdam to new Amsterdam exactly. and since I play jazz I mean that that's not like it's not so weird actually that maybe I mean forget, forget that I'm Spanish you know, I, <laughs> I lived in Holland seven years and then I've been now in Brooklyn almost nine years yes okay and and you and you live uh, you you live in a neighborhood with a that uh, has a Dutch origins also Totally, yeah. I mean, right now I'm I'm here in Midwood. Yeah. Uh, though it's not far away. It's a little bit further south from Dinmas Park, where I lived for like almost eight and a half years. And and this is this is like there was the Dinmas Park was a Van Dinmarsen mm -hmm. uh, family that were the first settlers who came here because of the railroad and all that. Yeah. You, you used to live not far, so. Yeah, you know, I lived in Flatbush. Exactly. So. So, and, and you can see that a lot in the houses, the architecture mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, Brooklyn has and New York definitely has like a Dutch flavor in the architecture and many things like factories or, you know. Right. So what was the weather like? It was just like cold and rainy all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not only cold and rainy, like cold and rainy is one thing, but really windy, hailing. Uh, when you catch a sunny day, it's spectacular. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. But but I mean, in in August, the, I remember the weather was pretty nasty. On my first year, when I got there, the weather was beautiful. Like it was exceptional. It was late August, early September. The weather was very nice. But then I mean, it's like all the clouds converge there in the North Sea, and I don't know if I mean I always had this like idea that probably because I don't know, you know, it's a very fascinating country it's below sea level and all that you know and they yeah. they build up those dikes and all you know and basically I, my theory was that oh the gods someone up there must have got angry and then they punish them with the worst <laughs> climate ever on earth no I'm, I'm not the only one saying this like the the dutch actually say they 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 work in holland and you know because you know work is good there but then whenever they have time off they go up vacancy you know they go on, on holidays wherever where it's sunny <laughs> so that's why they choose spain or turkey or greece but you know like the the minute they can leave their country they just go on holiday and they choose like sunny destinations right i feel like british people I don't blame them yeah the british people say that too like they'll, they'll go to spain or they'll go to uh, ibiza 
Yeah, well, Ibiza is like one of the most uh, favorite destinations from the Dutch, actually. They always tell you, oh, I was in Ibiza, I had such a nice time. I mean, it, oh, there are other reasons too, the party and all that. Yeah. But, but I mean, I don't blame them. I understand because climate affects your mood also. And I mean, one of the great things, and I'm serious about this, like the reason why they're so creative in like making the best music venues or theaters, you know, they're really good with acoustics, with... Uh, studios, you know, sound engineers, they have like this department of art of sound at the conservatory and they have really good infrastructure for all that. It's because they spend a lot of time indoors. Like it's a country yeah. <laughs> because of the weather. No, I'm serious. Like you, on my first year, it was great. Like I would spend the whole day at the conservatory practicing till 10 p.m., you know. Right, because you're, you're just forced to hone in on your craft. So let's, yeah. let's talk about, let's talk about, um, well, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to know what the art scene was like, because it sounds like it was very thriving. You could actually make a living as an artist in Holland, but the climate, uh, you know, the past year or so in New York has been uh, that you have to stay at home. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure um, in a way that connects with your experience in Holland and in, in that you had to hone in on your, you had time to put on your craft. Yes. Uh, may I introduce myself too? I'm a piano player composer, so I play piano. So uh yeah, I'm here like next next to my baby grand piano, uh, which I'll play later, I guess. But basically, I mean, this to say the fact that, that we, we musicians spend a lot of time practicing anyway, and as a piano player, you can't bring your instrument to the park. I do play acoustic guitar now for a few years, self-taught, and I write music on the guitar, but you know, and then you can take it to the park, which is great. But it's, it's a whole different experience when you're a piano player. And basically we work indoors and the creative aspect of what I do has to deal with being alone. Yeah. So in that aspect, when you're living in a country where the weather is awful it's like on your way to conservatory on your first year and i was an exchange student on the first year you're riding your bike and you're dripping water when you get by the time you get to school you know <laughs> it's like you can paint your teeth and there's water coming out you know <laughs> Literally. yeah or or like i used on my next years I, I had quite a lot of private students and some of them would come to my place but for most of them i would just travel to them because it was pretty close by i used to live in in, in the city of the hague den haag and so everything's like 5 10 15 maybe 20 minutes by bike up, up your feet yeah. up the feet and and then and then so it's doable so you end up going to people's homes and the same like on a bad day you're lucky if it's just raining like a little bit you're fine but you know like uh if you don't wear that kind of special gear <laughs> you have to dress like an astronaut and then and then you take it which a lot of people would do there the the main the main thing is that it makes you sweaty and you know you already sweat on your bike and if you add like layers of uh, waterproof clothing it's a drag it takes you five minutes to get undressed after after you get off your bike you know you have to remove all that stuff and yet you're you're still dripping water because your oh, whole face is is wet, you know. And but I mean they have proper bike lanes and and all. But I mean that it it really it really affects your mood. Going back to like weather really affects your mood and climate. And at on at the same time when when you get sun in Holland, people are super happy. Like they literally leave their jobs and they go to a terrace to have a beer. Right. And so what about what about the pandemic climate? Like, what what what's been your year like, and what's the scene like in New York? 
Right. So relating, you were trying to relate that to the weather in Holland. And actually, I never thought of that. But I mean, I basically, I mean, I guess on my first year, I was not really social with the Dutch because it takes you like about one. I was lucky I made Dutch friends in one year. But sometimes for most people, and especially if you don't take the effort to learn the, the language, it takes you like three years to make Dutch friends. Once you make a Dutch friend, that's a friend for life. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. I have beautiful friends there, but basically like relating to the pandemic and what was living here in New York when the lockdown and on March 16, when my both like after school programs that I teach, mm -hmm. uh, they were like, don't come on Monday, you know, like we're closing the oh. school. And, and yeah. I mean, I teach through two programs and with one of them, it involves going to school. It's a French international school. So basically, like, all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, they've dropped a bomb in Brooklyn. And, and you wouldn't see people on the street because it was like a total lockdown, you know. And Brooklyn, New York, I mean, it's a super alive city where you, there are a lot of people uh, on the street always, you know, at whatever the time. And, and it really has changed the landscape um, of not just my neighborhood, you know, like I didn't, let's say I didn't put a foot in Manhattan for over seven months. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> you wouldn't get on the subway or even a month before the lockdown, you know, I was riding my bike to, to my students and to the schools because it didn't feel safe to be in the subway with people coughing. And I mean, New York was the center of the pandemic at some point. Right. We easily forget right now. Uh, but it was pretty scary. And I remember like not feeling safe, even like being on on public transportation, like uh, health wise, you know, it felt like, hey, something's coming our way. And it's already here, though. The news are saying that it, whatever that it's in China, you know. So um, I guess like the the aspect of that has been like pretty isolating mm -hmm. uh, socially, but also creatively, because we musicians, we meet here through sessions you you meet people you know you play i stopped playing music at home with other people you know mm -hmm. uh, and then i wouldn't even go to my rehearsal space because we're not we were not meant to you know or like it, it didn't even feel safe at some point so basically it, it I've been very, before people wearing masks too so no no the masks were not even yet there right you know, till much later and and because things were i mean the shops there was not even toilet paper at some point like a friend of mine had literally dropped uh, a bunch of toilet paper rolls he came over with with his two daughters and and he's like i have i have toilet paper for you oh that, that's God. one of the great things of new york you know oh. yeah 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 times. So, you know like so things were scarce at the shop like some stuff that you're were were you know uh, i'm not like I regret not buying like that 12 toilet paper roll the week before the lockdown because I saw it at the store. No way, like that's for a family. No, I'll just buy like my four rolls. And then and then you're like, whoa, there's no toilet paper roll at the store for, for, for over a month or longer. It was months. Oh, but you so, have to hone in on that creative energy. Well, the creative aspect has been that I, pl I played a bunch of piano. Oh. Uh, I also wrote some music. Um, I've been to the studio this year, like over a month ago. So I was planning and I've been working on my recordings, you know, like I, I've mixed like two, 
other albums and master them and I'm preparing new music that I'm going to release soon. So the creative aspect has been like overwhelming in a way, though it, it's weird because there was zero social aspect involved in the creative process. It's all been at home, you know, also, also talking to friends, you know, though you can't see your friends. I mean, I've, I've done, now things are changing, but you're, we're talking about like a year ago around this time of the year where I've been very grateful that I've been keeping my job online and that's been fantastic though it's it's weird at the beginning when you've never taught online and all of a sudden you're there teaching kids on zoom you know yeah. uh, it was very trying for some of the students too and, and not everybody could cope with it you know but small um, kids too like four-year-olds five-year-olds yeah 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 it's like from kindergarten yeah, yeah I have like very diverse age range like from 15 year olds or uh, some adults too, parents of students too. Uh, but yeah, most of my students, they're like eight, nine, 10, 11, four, five, you know, now right. they're but back and, then four or five. Yeah, and then they're having to adjust to Zoom living uh, with, uh, with just regular school. And so it's, um, it's caused them, you were telling me that it's caused them to, like the young kids, they're learning how to sight read, which is amazing. Yeah. They're learning how to just, look at musical notes on a computer screen and figure out music which is yeah yeah i mean that part I, actually i was not aware of the potential of the use of screens because we often think of computers devices you know they're part of our lives kids work through screens obviously and actually as i said not everybody adapted as well because you know kids are all different and whatever works with one student doesn't work with the other student. So you have to be creative also to find strategies online to make it happen for the kid, you know? Yeah. But a lot of students who, let's say, the kind of students where you would think, oh, you know, I'm not sure if it's gonna work for them online. They, it's exactly the opposite, they loved it. And, and I have students who were like, when I would go there to their homes or I would teach them at the schools, they would have problems side reading the chart or eye contacting the chart because they're you know let's say they're, they're the classic type of kid who's very musical and who's naturally talent talented who gets music by ear and they play you know because they've heard this song but then when you have them trying to learn it through the chart yeah. uh they would sometimes get like oh i can't read my music you know now thanks to the screens and i i personally work with two screens so i'll have like my tablet on the music stand and the computer on the side. Uh, there's some technicalities that you need to adjust, but once the kids, they learn it pretty fast, actually, like you, one of your devices needs to have the audio off because otherwise it creates delay. But basically it's amazing because you can still eye contact your student through the other screen. And then yet you can share the screen with a new chart that you're playing there right on the spot. And you're like, hey, listen to this, this music, you know, and I'm gonna play it. And then you can follow the chart and then once the kid chooses a song and then we start working you can use the screen and edit you know and use arrows and this is b you can also write down the the no names you know or fingering and man i have to say like a lot of kids like when you think of seven eight nine year olds you know who who are more like able to write now for most of them i must say they're really great at writing down their own notings in in their books which is great wow. that's incredible yeah i mean most of them needed like some adult to help them and assist them while doing that. But now they've learned it and then they're super proud that they have their pencil, you know, and then after we play a song and in that sense, like I'm the kind of teacher who 
instead of writing down the markings and no names first, I, I actually have them try and give it a go. Okay, try and play it. I'll help you. You know, I'll give you the first three notes. If it's a C, E, G arpeggio, or if you're in G position, then G, B, D, and then have them read through the chart and help them. Hey, this note is going down. This one's going up. So the fact that you can use the screen and and guide them, you know, has yeah. the kid or student be able to read and realize, oh, I'm playing B to A or G to C, and then you know, whatever the phrase is. And then by that, like once they play it, they're like, oh, now I know how this works. And then you have them just for to have them like make sure that they're not going to make mistakes or during the week, then you write them down. But my experience like now after over a year teaching them online is that most of my students now who have improved their sight reading so much, they need fewer and fewer markings. And I had like no, no kidding this week. I had four or five kids tell me we were choosing new pieces they were like oh wow that felt pretty easy i actually can do this and and i almost had tears in my eyes you know oh and it, i must say without the online teaching forget it you know yeah because maybe in person it, it wouldn't have been so um so crucial for them to to learn how to to read music on their own now because yeah. uh, they don't have you in person they they have to really uh, push themselves and so so for a lot of kids that they they've um realized things about themselves that they didn't mm -hmm. pretty mm -hmm. incredible i i find that too with uh with the online schooling uh just like regular schooling um there were a lot of kids who had trouble reading uh, at the beginning of the year, and now they're they're reading, which is right. It's just been it's been incredible. I, as heartbreaking as the pandemic has been, um, there have been some bright spots in terms of like kids, kids and learning. Um, it is hard to to be isolated and to not be around your friends all the time. Uh, but in a lot of ways, uh, the kids really flourish. There are a lot of kids that flourish. Uh, yeah. My heart breaks for, for the kids that like um, that have had trouble um, in this mm -hmm. time, um, but there are there are kids that that have that have done really well too. Yes, and I mean not only like they flourished in either the creative aspect or like being able to read, you know, and uh, they also I mean for most of them, you know, and and it's weird because you're not seeing your students. And there was a moment where, I mean, I was talking to friends or family and I was saying, it's so weird, you know, that I do miss the students, but I'd still see them every week, though right. I see them on screens. And just that is like pretty awkward. Mm -hmm. But, and, and you know, a lot of my students would live like three blocks away. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and yet, I mean, we were able to keep in touch. And just the fact that through this pandemic that has been has hit so hard, you know, at, 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 at people's homes, families, you know, stuck with their kids at home and no school in person, you know, which is hard for parents. Like it's the logistics of that, and especially here in New York, but elsewhere, you know, it's super complicated. Um, for those students and their parents to know that there was an after school teacher who was there for their kid, who was giving them support, who was giving them music and not just music, you know, self-confidence. Hey, you're not there alone. I'm here with you. You know how that has created such a bond with the students that especially the little ones, you know, sometimes like they like to use the chat button, which I don't use. I mean, I let them do it if they want at the end of the class. Like I never, you know, I never 
the same way like I draw with them, we always make a drawing after the lesson. I always let them use the chat button if they want, but they know that I ignore it during the lesson because it's distracting, you know. But you know how many students I have that, you know, they send me a little message, I love you, thank you. Oh. You know, like there are kids who are, and they're kind of shy, that's why they use the chat button. But they're like, I love my lesson. Or when they make a drawing, they send you a big rainbow and a heart that they love the lesson, you know. That kind of thing, of course, like they appreciated me when I was going to their homes or when I was teaching them at the school. But the fact that we've been all there caring for each other has been really amazing, you know, that I, I never thought that because, you know, first when I was first like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to teach online from next week and I have to get to download Zoom and all that, you know, I, I was like, we were all like kind of nervous thinking is this really gonna work you know because they're little kids and and not like sometimes parents are there to assist them but not always you know right. so the teamwork behind that has been tremendous and i'm i'm super grateful like it's actually a very positive aspect out of this pandemic crisis which which is beautiful you know in a way right that's that's gorgeous it's amazing uh, but i want to hear about you too a little bit because uh you know the the city is is opening up um but the music scene yeah. is still at a standstill so so um as you are are finding um you know positive energy through teaching children you're also a professional musician uh recording artist you yeah. want to you want to also be playing with adults and in playing with adults it means being in person um we were talking the other day about damon albarn from blur and from the gorillas he did an interview with sky news back in october um talking about how um you know if people want to perform they should be allowed to um he was talking about in england he was talking about how conservative yeah. governments uh continue to diminish the value of the arts there um, but it seems to be happening here um, and it's always in, in America, even in liberal spots like New York City, um, there's there hasn't been any support for artists. So so you've been thinking, thankfully you're a teacher. You know, my husband also teaches as well. Um, so you've been able to to support yourself through through teaching. But there are a lot of musicians out there who are not necessarily teachers. Exactly. Made their money touring or um, you know, playing gigs in New York, they were successful playing at, at places like uh, the Jazz Standard and, and Blue Note, which are no longer. Um, so yeah. what, what's, the, what's, what's it been like? I mean, basically, um, I've been like, now I'm like, I'm playing some sessions with, with people for a while. Like I actually, my first session with human beings was in mid-December before Christmas, and it felt so great but it also felt weird, you know, because you haven't done it in such a long time. Um, but it, like, there's a few people who I know that I feel also comfortable that everything's safe, you know, that though there are some limitations, let's say with horn players, I mean, you can, at my rehearsal space, which is also a venue, I beam, there are certain regulations, obviously, that we cannot um, go beyond that, you know, like we cannot plan sessions with more than four or five musicians, which I completely understand. And in that sense, like, it's a great space where I can go and play. And obviously, man, I disinfect the piano uh, after I play, but also sometimes when I get there, you know, so we've been using disinfectant. And there were things that even the logistic aspect of meeting people and play right now um, has changed, you know, and not to mention wearing masks and, and keeping social distance. So the bass player actually, you have to locate him 
further back, you know, and so there are, there are things that all of a sudden things change, you know, or I don't know, like back in the spring last year, I was like, why should I keep my drum kit, you know? <laughs> And little by little, I've, I've started getting rid of it because I'm, I'm not planning to have sessions at home as I used to with a drummer anymore. What for? You know, I can just go to iBeam and, and do it there because it's a larger space. So I've been playing with people. Um, I've gone into the studio, which felt really amazing. And I really needed it. I try, I'm the kind of person who tries to go in the studio once a year because I need it. It's like taking a picture of a moment. And in that sense, being here in New York is amazing because you can just make it happen. And because of the whole lockdown aspect, people are just eager to play. Mm -hmm. So the incredible energy that I have from someone like Francisco Mela and Daniel Carter, who are amazing musicians, you know, but the, the kind of energy that we had in the studio even surprised the, the, the sound engineer who's, who's a producer too and who actually kind of like got us together. He, he was insistent, you should play with him, or he was telling him, <laughs> Francisco, you should play with her, you know, and he was telling Daniel, because he works with all two of them, and he was saying, like, you should you should play with, with her, you know, and then I was like, instead of arranging a session, let's just record it. You right. book half the day at the studio, and you just, you just get it done. So in that sense, being here in New York is kind of like a, 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 a gift that you can go and find a nice studio. And actually, I also feel it's important to support studios right now, because if, if we don't keep on going to the studio, how are studio, studios going to cope with paying their rents? Oh, and, you know, exactly. Manhattan rents, like the studio is still sound in Manhattan. Um, you and know, you any... Gigs. What about gigs? Are you playing gigs? So not really, actually, because, I mean, I don't know how it is in L.A. Uh, I've been in touch with people from Miami because... Uh, I actually had a whole tour canceled back in early April. Okay. Uh, I had like an album released last year and then the tour was already arranged. It was like over half a year project and invest personal and economic investment, you know, uh, tra uh, having like even a radio show uh, and playing at venues in Miami. Everything but got canceled, which was a pity. But then, I mean, I've heard that things have reopened sooner there and obviously with like limitations in how many people can attend the room, but they've been doing live music or my friends in Miami are playing a lot more than what we here New Yorkers have been able to play. It's uh, like a moratorium. I mean, basically, I mean, I don't know exactly because, you know, sometimes you want to follow all the news, but sometimes you don't want to follow all and you just also because um, I've been trying to keep positive and, and sometimes like all the restrictions, especially for people in the entertainment field, have been pretty depressing. And, and I mean, I was aware that basically it was facts, facts, like they shut down Broadway till September 21. And as far as I know, I don't think that has changed. Like there's no theater production, you know. Um, I know people who work for, you know, the, this musical theater, Hatestown, you know, the, the production. There's nothing going on. So, um, or the Met, or, you know, like when you think of all the big venues, don't think necessarily of we jazz musicians. And, and, and like, I mean, the jazz standard shut down. Blue Note is not shut down, but, but um, Birdland shut down. Mm -hmm. So there's been like very iconic venues that all of a sudden, boom, you hear like there's they're closing. I mean, I don't want to know how much they pay for rent, you know, uh, mm -hmm. but but I mean, it's, it's it's been like a bomb when I said like a bomb 
drop was dropped <laughs> in New York City and everywhere. But when you think of New York, that it's a it's a live culture, you know, live music, live theater, live whatever, you know, comedy shows, uh, uh, comedians, you know, there's so much going on in the city. And all of a sudden, it's like a bomb exploded. And, and we're all being muted, right. which was really the feeling, you know, that we were like, we cannot be creative. And then you are creative at home, but you're, you're not interacting with other people. I've been trying to find creative ways for my own personal practice, and it's it's fine. Like, I'm happy with the result and the outcome. I did a couple, you were asking me about concerts. I did a couple of concerts on streaming. Yeah. And one was greatly paid because it was related to the Catalan delegation or government here in the States. They Just were happy. Like, that was on, in mid-September, and it was yeah. great. It was my first concert awesome it was kind of short we were several artists in representation of catalonia and and basically it was a great experience like i really enjoyed it um and then later i played like a whole one hour solo set and and it was great you know to play and i know a lot of people watch and actually i got a good turnout the second time uh but i don't think i'll do streaming concerts anymore that's my personal view or it's good to do it, but once you've done it, you know, I think we should, we, sh we artists should promote like getting back to um, performances live, even if it's with some restrictions, you know, because I mean, if we just res resume everything to streaming and we just like, it's yeah. pretty limiting to play without an, an audience. It can be great, you know, you end up with a link, whatever, that you can share with your friends. And sure, fair enough, the venue takes out a, a pretty big commission out of what you play because they lend you the space, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. I understand where they come from. We all have to survive. But I mean, I'm going back to what's fair and what's not fair. I think like uh, at the end of the day, you know, um, it's not about how much you are get, getting paid or whatever, but sometimes I also feel that out of this limited situation for us musicians, a lot of people sometimes are opportunistic. And, and, and I'm not saying it's great to play on streaming and, and you know, then that link is there available for 72 hours people may watch, but it's not the future. I'm resilient to think that because we're now in this new world, mm -hmm. um, we artists, are supposed to only perform on streaming, which has been like you were asking me, how has it been in New York for gigs? Most of the gigs that have been happening with great big names, you know, at the at Village Vanguard, for instance, and, and a lot of them have been supportive and trying to, you know, listen and pay a contribution because it's it's a joy to see people play. Yeah. But it's been all on streaming. Mm -hmm. So that part was weird, you know, to see a city like New York where everything was live all of a sudden everything's on streaming and people like Billy Hart playing on streaming, which I mean, let's face it, it's amazing, you know, and I, I it, it, it's amazing that we do, they do those kind of concerts because not only it supports the venue, it also supports the artist and we all support New York and it's important. But to me, like now to think, well, is that how music has gone, has to be conveyed or whatever, you know, if we have a message and we, we have to play live <laughs> and there's a safe way to play live going back to the documentary it was not on sky news i think it's bbc but uh, i'm sure you can watch the whole thing um they were talking about like people in the in the uh 
either like film industry, but music too, like all the people who were hardly hit by this pandemic, people who had to cancel a whole one year tour, you know, uh, people who were doing Shakespeare plays in, in, in the UK, you know, how has that, like they were actually making numbers, like there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people involved in the art, music, film industry. Jobless. Right, yeah, devastating. Quit their job and their life to do whatever the job they're not doing those jobs anymore and (laughs) it makes me emotional you know it's like have have governments thought of that and i don't want to get into politics because it's not at all i'm here to talk about music but when you're talking about oh this whole lockdown and restrictions and draconian measures which we all understand as human beings because health is first absolutely but all of a sudden you know what are these measures is it safer to get on a subway car and be packed? Like I was several times I, when I, obviously I'm going in the subway, uh, not much, like I ride my bike for most of my days, but you know, um, is it safe to be in the subway or is it safe to be on a plane, on an airplane for seven hours? Yeah. No matter you're isolated or like there's two or one seat between you and the next person, if you're lucky, you know, but you're there sharing the same air. And, and and we musicians or people in the theater field or in or in the movie industry or but you know you can't have people for one and a half hour at a music theater with social distance plus there's there's been studies like in my home country Spain they they're now doing like um, experiments you know where they have like a certain group of people attending a disco or they're going to see a live concert and basically they're doing contact tracing with all of them, meaning they all get tested before and after the performance. And actually they're proving that live performances and the way they are going to be happening in the future, that's not where people get COVID positive, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, well, there are fewer chances of getting exposed to the virus at a, let's say, let's put it this way, a control space with rapid testing prior to the event, you know, regardless it's music or so. Um, <laughs> to me, it's like, why don't governments invest in that as well? Like we have to invest in everything and health is number one priority, but you cannot leave like thousands of people without jobs. Yeah, or you have to invest in arts and artists. And thousands of people quitting their, their their job that was their job for life you know and all of a sudden you have to reinvent yourself and and find another career when you're in your 40s or 50s (laughs) it breaks my heart you know really it really does and so let's uh we we're running out of time sure (laughs) not gonna have any we're not gonna have any answers because who knows We're, we're we're experiencing this all in real time but I'm, I'm so grateful um, that you are uh, finding ways to be creative uh, with your kids, with, your, with yourself, um, if, you know, finding ways to, um, to, to work in between the cracks because there are a lot of cracks and, and things are getting better, things are opening up. Um, it's gonna take a long time. Just like you said, it was like a bomb that exploded. So you know, in, the, in a fallout, you, it takes a long time for for uh for the yeah um, and for and for the roads to open and whatever absolutely. in this metaphor but yeah. uh, 
let's close it. Let's close out. Um, okay, so last thing, what is making you happy this, these days? And can you play a melody for us? Um, clo close out, close out the with the melody. And um, let us know what, what's making you happy and then close it out with the, with the melody. Sure. So what I'll say, you were asking me what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So right now, what really makes me happy here in New York is seeing restaurants also opening up. And I mean, they've been opening up, you know, but a lot of them are my favorite spots, you know, they, they do take out, but they had to shut down their backyards or, you know, and for a long time. And, but some of them are now reopening with limited uh, seating, you know, you can do indoor dining or, or outdoor dining, but uh, there's a few places that I really like here that are now like this, you know, as, as they say, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So the same way they've been able to do that. And I mean, let's face it, a lot of places shut down, but a lot of them have survived. So I think there's also light at the end of the tunnel for artists or musicians or movie makers or actors or, you know, I think that um, we have a mission. And actually, I did play my first concert. Actually, I didn't mention that I did play a concert about three weeks ago, open airs. In Gowanus, you know, it was moment New York City, so it was through a festival to reivindicate um, independent prof music and arts professionals here in New York being hit by the by the pandemic. And I also feel like there's sort of like it's going to reopen the same way like the the restaurants have been reopening. So it's going to take longer probably because the logistics are nuts. But but I I have that kind of hope that I I try to think that. Things will be different somehow, but we'll be able to do what we used to do normally, you know, again. Yeah. So I'll just play something along with that and I'll try and make it short. Yes, yes. On that, on that vibe, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kardashian's edition. Um, with me now is the infamous dynamic brother-sister team, David and Carla. 
who also provided voices for the Haitian uncle in the closet sketch. So, uh, David, since you're new to the show, welcome. Can you introduce yourself and tell us which Kardashian is your fave and why? Oh, boy. That's a tough question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and you can be as honest as you want. Okay. Well, to tell you the truth, I don't have a favorite Kardashian. So yes. I'm going to say favorite Kardashian is Lamar Odom. Woo! Throwback. Throwback to like like five husbands ago. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I remember I mean, that wedding. Oh, really? All I remember him as, uh, you know, winning the Sixth Man Award. But, okay, to be honest. What does that mean? Oh, so the Sixth Man, so, you know, a basketball team is five men, uh, five guys. Uh -huh. So the Sixth Man is the guy that comes off the bench who, um, you know, contributes. Uh, so, basically, he's not a starter. But he's uh, the guy who comes off the bench, gives you 100%, contributes like, you know, 10, 15 points. However, is not good enough to be a starter. Um, and I don't know. So is that a compliment? Yeah, it's a compliment. But however, I don't know. Does that mean that um, like if he was on an inferior team, he'd be a starter? But anyhow, Lamar Odom. Yeah, that's, that's my answer. Lamar, Lamar. Yeah, yeah we, um, we, um, I, I don't know where he's he's been. I haven't I haven't seen him in a while. On drink I saw him on Drink Champs. It was kind of oh yeah. Drink Champs, the Noriega show. <laughs> he actually got remarried, or he has a. I think it's broke. It broke up. It was sad because Drink Champs is all about like taking shots and having fun and drinking. But he's an addict. Like yeah, no, I feel like they weren't sensitive to that. At yeah, all. no, he had a it's sad like, story. He had that heart attack in the brothel. Um, oh. He was married to uh, what Chloe for a minute. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it was genuine. Was I think part, they did. That was part of I'm his probably the life. only fan out of you guys because I don't think Colette watches. Not to rest. I have not watched in forever. I don't even know who my favorite Kardashian would be. I don't have any. I think they're terrible. Um, if if any of them offered me a job, like if if like I guess Courtney. I like Courtney. I think she's the the um like the prettiest. But I mean, I think it's kind of gross that she's the least interesting to look at. Parker. Yeah, I think I, I think she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. I think, and I I like her style. Um, I I um I'm. It's kind of corny. She's dating Travis Barker, and they're being like really nasty yeah. and yeah. like, like chuggy. Like that's uh, that's kind of uh, yeah, tired. My favorite is Courtney because she talks like this. She's like, yeah. I love how she talks. It's like uh, always yeah. the same. Like, this Ma is like, you know, like the kind same of monotone. monotone. Like you guys are so annoying to my soul. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then Kim gets so mad at her. Then don't come. Yeah. Don't and she's like here. still safe. She's like, ew, that was great. It's, it's a great. But uh, she's also a fellow Aries. And nice. yeah, like. Chloe's annoying to me because she's like, she's I like, she like I don't know she's like, cops J Lo two thousand style, like yes. Bronx Bronx girl style. Yeah. She's always oh. doing. I don't know why it just irks me. What's the birth order? Omg, um, so it's uh, Courtney, okay, Kim, okay, Chloe, Rob, uh, Rob, and I don't know out of Kendall and Kylie which one's older. Kendall. Kendall. Oh, she's older than, than. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Because in the like there was like an E True Hollywood special. Um, they had Kendall, and then um, Caitlyn Jenner was like, "Oh, can we get one more?" Uh-huh. And then she, uh, Chris was like, "Okay." And so then they had another one. They had they had Kylie, who's now a billionaire. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, okay. So let's let's play this game. It's it's in honor of the show. Um, this Thursday, twenty seasons of the Kardashians um, will come to a close. Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, it's really um, the same thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The series finale for the long-running reality show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, is set to air on June 10th on E! And as that door closes, the Kardashian Jenners uh, will debut a new series on Hulu. So there's more to come. God help us. I thought they would just go away. I'm like, well, I hate when they do this. Just it's go. Like Trump. It's like yeah. Trump. They, they, That's what my mom said. He's back. I was like, I don't, I can't. I don't even know. I know, I know. You saw he was wearing his pants backwards <laughs> the other day. How does, <laughs> that was uh, kind of Michael Scottish. But oh wait, does, don't men have a fly in the front? Yeah, he did there it. There was no fly. There was no fly. It was all bunched up. <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny. It was like it was like Fupa Supreme. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, but wait, do men's pants ever have a zipper in the back? No, unless it's no. like. Oh, yeah, that's impractical. Like high waisted. Yeah, Dave, David said simply impractical. Yeah, impractical. I know. Impractical. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about that because we we have to pull it down anyways. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Jumpsuit. Yes. You know, but the way it was down, uh, bunched okay. up, I wonder if he's wearing like adult diapers. Ooh. The way it looks now so bunched up is like okay. Either it's his What's shirt. Uh, dun dun dun. Or maybe he wears adult diapers, and uh, I don't know. Ooh. I mean that way he doesn't he doesn't have to stop he can just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, it's a it's a news story. It's and the heading says actually Trump wasn't wearing his pants. Oh, there's a oh, okay. That's probably on redstate.com. Okay, so let's play fill in the blanks. You have seven seconds to complete these news headlines. There are no winners because this is the Kardashians. <laughs> this is just a game we'll play, and uh, you know whoever wins wins. But I don't know. How, how can you be a winner on a Kardashian game? Anyway, um, haha. Anyway, okay. So uh, number one, uh, Kim Kardashian says being so blank about her sex tape leak helped her deal with her blank. So there's two blanks. Being so casual. Okay. Helped her with her movie career nice okay so close carla do you have a a a second guess being so candid okay made her successful with her reality show nice all right so so uh the first part you were both um like the synonyms were just like on point but uh in the headline is uh kim was kim says being so open Mm. so both of you were pretty right about her sex tape leak helped her deal with her emotions ah, okay so uh you know 14 years after she famously declared she made uh x-rated movie because she was horny and she felt like it um they re- recently the news put out that you know it helped her deal with her emotions so good for her good for you kim um Anyway, I feel like her mom produced that that movie, but yeah, 
Paris Hilton didn't get the same kind of push. <laughs> yes, justice for Paris. Maybe her tape wasn't as good. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. It wasn't not as well produced. Uh, yeah. Okay, so number two, Chloe uh, Kardashian faces backlash online after going on a rant about blank. <gasps> oh, her. Um, ah, I think I know. Her contractor. Um, that that was a controversy recently. I, I saw that. What were you gonna say, David? Oh, is Carla, right? No, I was gonna say about um, Tristan having a baby mama or something. Ooh, wow! These are great guesses, but no, yeah. it's 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 uh, more simple than that. This is probably what I would do. This is this would probably happen to me. But anyway, Chloe uh, Kardashian faces faces black backlash online after going on a rant about single use plastics. What? So I would I would probably do this. I would be like, you know, and be like, yeah, this is how we save the world. Yeah. Um, yeah but then like um, I'm a hypocrite. But so so anyway, uh, the reality star, she attempted to educate her fans about pollution only for users to remind Chloe of her own tendencies to go overboard on disposables, mm-hmm. um, including opulent balloon displays for nearly every event at her house in addition to a pantry yeah. stocked to the brim with plastic uh, okay yeah you know, i hate plastic too but it just yeah. wasn't yeah yes yeah, so, that was so her issue twitter, i like people add her for that yeah people on twitter went after her because like you know they're so open with their lives like yeah. all the many pictures and videos of her using you plastic. have too many balloons yes yeah yeah yeah, they showed um someone had like a full video of her like Elsa birthday party and it was like billions of balloons yeah. everywhere. So that's probably all in the ocean somewhere. Okay. So number three, Kim Kardashian signs an autograph using her blank during dinner outing during a dinner outing in LA. Using her lipstick? That's what I was going to say, too. No. Okay, I'll tell you. She used her full married name. Oh, oh my goodness. Kim Kardashian West. The oh, 40- recently? Yes, the 40-year-old is in the midst of a di- of divorce proceedings with Kanye um, after seven years. And uh, she was seen enjoying dinner with, with her mom and then her sisters, Kylie and Kendall. Um, at Craig's in West Hollywood. I've never been there. It food um, looks good. They always go there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I should check it out. Yeah, please let me know. <laughs> it's like you get a good roast chicken and like wow. mashed potatoes. Mm. Sean, Sean would be like, look at these prices. No way. No, it's probably so expensive, yeah. yeah. Other than this. Overpriced, yeah. We'll eat yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, I agree, Sean. Anyway, so uh, she she signed a fan's image of her like outside of the restaurant, and she signed her full name, Kim Kardashian West. Interesting. So it's it's hard it's hard to let go. That's a question I've um, always uh, wanted to ask a divorced woman. Yes. Like when, like when do you drop the married name, or like wow. what uh, you know? What's the impetus to keep it? Or you know, I can understand I've had- for. You know, you have a child, or but what if yeah. the guy is really, you know, bad? And I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what's well, a lot of paperwork. So yeah, some people a lot are of like, paperwork, I've yeah. had it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. If, especially, yeah, all your paperwork, yeah. a lot of people change their social security number. Yeah. It's just like a lot of waiting online. Yeah. And, socially, you're known yeah. as that. Yeah. I mean, Susan Sarandon, it worked for her. She kept her married name. No. What's her married name? Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's a uh, alliterative and uh, it's her artistic name. <laughs> <laughs> My name. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, almost done. Uh, number four, Chris Jenner and Kyle Richards from Real Housewives, they shared a blank at the valet stand after whining and dining together at Nobu in Malibu. So, um, Chris was at Craig's. So Chris goes out a lot. She goes out to eat a lot. But anyway, she was at Nobu and they shared a what? Umbrella. Mm. That's cute. A cocktail. They shared a kiss. What? So they, shared uh-huh. a, they shared a friendly kiss. So uh, Chris planted a friendly kiss on her pal Kyle Richards after whining and dining with Maurizio Umansky. I see his like um, for sale, like real estate advertising everywhere. Yeah, fancy and, houses. I don't know. It, it like they're they're usually on like a street corner, and it points to a, a place. But like I've never followed the signs. So I don't know. I imagine mm. maybe. I color um, when I'm on the computer. Oh, <laughs> nice. It's fine. You're coloring right now. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> coloring sorry. during our our. I'm sorry. Our, our fun. Our fun game. This is a podcast. I'm not just on the phone with my. No, cousin yeah, you're and- just on the phone. Yeah. This is this is <laughs> uh, you know, this is, that's okay. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I, okay. I audiences are okay with it. You like to color. Um, okay, so yeah, so they, they were with uh, Maurizio and then they were also with Faye Resnick from, from the OJ trial. So that Faye Resnick. That very, that's very their, Hollywood. Yeah, that's their her you guys don't watch the show. No. Faye's always on. <laughs> you know, I used to enjoy some reality TV shows like the Beverly Hills, uh, Housewives and uh, yeah. Housewives yeah. of Orange County, the New York Housewives, uh, yeah. Top Chef, Survivor. Yeah, you go. Race. Yeah, yeah. These, these are all famous hits. Yeah. Uh, Real World, obviously. Wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. I did watch the Real World reunion yeah. and that made me very sad. Oh, I, I miss it. Everybody's so old. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see that. Everybody's, it's it's yeah. on. Um, you can find it. It's streaming. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the it's on Paramount. Heather B. Heather B. Heather B. Heather B is the only like she was the bright spot oh, okay. for sure. I heard Kevin. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize she was so young when it was filming. She was 19. Yeah. 19. Yeah. She was really young and she's doing really well on Sirius and, and some some other I think she has like a YouTube show. Yeah. Um she's doing she's doing well for herself. I didn't really okay, get so- into real world until the second season. Oh, the, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, that was uh, the David and Tammy and um, yes. the Irish guy. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I don't remember the Irish yeah. guy. Yeah. The, with the Dominic, spiky hair. Dominic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah who do you call it is uh, still around? Tammy. Yeah, Tammy. Basketball oh, yeah, Tammy yeah, 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 yeah. Basketball-wise. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's the the final. Have we been keeping track? I don't th- <laughs> I think it's been Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero for zero. I'll give you one each. Yeah. Okay. So the last one, Kim Kardashian is being called out again for blank after people noticed her distorted finger in a skin. Photoshop. Yes. 
Two points for David. Yeah, yeah she she photoshopped. Um, she's being called out again for photoshopping her waist after people noticed her distorted finger in a Skims ad. Um, so, you know, there are no strangers to being accused of Photoshopping. Yeah. Um, now Kim's the latest uh, sister to fall under scrutiny. Chloe's always getting um, called out for it. Um, yeah. But uh, Kim claims that there was no retouching. Um, the Skims ad in question features a seemingly retouched waist but her team says it was the result of a glitch in the upload process, whatever. I don't know why she does that because there's so many pictures out there of like what she really looks like with the skinny legs and the overinflated butt. And so it's like, people know who you are now. I mean, like, you can't, you can't, um, you know, fool us anymore. But but she wants in that ad to look perfect. Yeah. Right. To look like this image. I mean, there must be a subset of people like, I don't know in the uh, who don't know the tricks. <laughs> I don't know. They, I, she probably has to like uh, like separate. Like, okay, I'm working on this Skims ad. This Skims ad's going to have this look. Mm-hmm. Or when I'm at Craig's restaurant and I'm getting you know photographed, I'm going to have this look. Like, so so every every everything that she does, like she has to separate out. Right. I don't know. It's like um, so, instead yeah. of having just like one one idea of herself. I don't know. So once they like on the show that you guys don't watch. Yes. There was <laughs> they like it was probably you know, time goes by quickly. It might be five years ago. It might be three years ago. Okay. But they leaked it. She was at the beach and she was in a bikini and somebody got like a shot of her butt yeah. in yeah. the bikini and it was there was a lot of cellulite. You can't have a butt that big at a certain age without a lot of cellulite. Right. Unless, you know, whatever. So and oh, she I was, I remember this. Yeah, and she was like crying, freaking out. Yes. I'm sure, like, you know, people aren't really kind. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know what the point was, but it's just like, you know, she puts a lot of pressure on herself, I'm sure. And I don't know why she can't get rid of the fake butt. I guess once it's in there. Yeah. yeah how do you dig it out? <laughs> yeah. You might, might as well just. Because it's, it. it's like outrageously, like it's obviously fake. The way, yeah, it yeah, because yeah. like you said, her legs are very slim, yeah. her waist is slim, right. yeah, yeah. And there's a thousand pictures of her before, yeah, in like live action and live action. Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. see pictures of one of the Kendall or Kylie, like, you know, in eighth grade, and you see them now, and obviously, they've had like tons of surgery, and so you know, it must be hard to keep right. up the gimmick and uh, the pretense. I don't know. Keeping up with the Kardashians, it's hard. It's hard. That's 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 what we've learned over twenty years. It's hard. It's it's hard to keep up with them, and and it's hard for them to keep up with themselves. But what is making you happy (laughs) these days? Thank you so much for doing this. What's making you happy these days? Um, In the Northeast, it's warm, right, David? Even though David's more mid-Atlantic than I am. It's very warm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you're uh, like, David's always like 10 10 degrees warm. No. Oh. Five. Seven. Five. Comes in hot. Yeah, comes in hot. So we went to the pool yesterday. That was fun. Okay. Uh Nice. Yeah. That'd make me happy. What about you, David? Oh, what's making me happy? I'm watching some uh, anime on Netflix. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Yeah, and the warm weather is nice. Uh, Yeah, things are going okay. I cannot complain. 
All right, cool. Yeah, I like I like the nice weather. Um, Sean saw a Black Widow in our garage, so that makes me uh, not very happy. Uh, it's a very like you know deadly spider. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then our friend told us to just spray it with Windex, mm. and Sean was like, I don't want to do that because <laughs> you know we don't want to kill a spider. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yes. Our friend Oliver. That's okay. The expert. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, he said. Uh, I- uh-huh. I kind of understand where Sean's coming from because now we're having uh, cicadas everywhere. Oh and, my goodness! Uh, you know, like it hurts me to even. Have you been attacked? Actually, Amelie was attacked by one. It was so funny. Oh no! And uh, I took a picture of it. So she was wearing her mask outside, and one landed on her face. Oh rather... no! It's like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. Rather than help her, you rather than help her, <laughs> <laughs> I took a photo for posterity. She liked it. Wow! So. You know, you know what that's that's a, as a result of. No, what is it? The Trauma? Kardashians. Uh, the Kardashians, yeah. Yeah, yeah got to put that or on real the world one. Yeah, reality TV. Yeah. In the uh, real world one uh, reunion, they were pushing that hard. What? We started this. We started this. They did. Oh my god! They did. They did. Yeah. I used to be a devotee. I already mentioned this, but yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's making uh, so you happy, next- Colette? What's making me happy? Okay, so the spider's not making me happy. What's making me happy? I like talking to you. Um, I, this is making me happy. This is this is fun. This is nice. Yeah, I got to say your podcast um, is a lot of fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so so on that note, well, I'm, we're gonna sign off. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, so we'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. Later.